I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. So, what does the public think about President Biden's spending and infrastructure packages? And how should Congress go about deciding whether to pass them or not? Uh, our good friend, independent pollster Scott Rasmussen, has some fascinating new numbers that show how divided and how united Americans are on all of these issues. He joins us now. Scott, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, Boyd. And, you know, it's really funny to hear you describe, uh, you know, what are the Americans thinking about these things? Because at this point, um, you know, they've heard about a trillion-dollar package, a three-and-a-half-trillion-dollar package. We spent $4 trillion extra last year. Um, they're a little bit numb, um, and voters aren't making clear distinctions between the reconciliation package and the image. Uh, to a large degree, they're tuning out. And when you try to engage them, well, guess what? In a 50-50 country, they're split right down uh, and and uh, as they're looking at that 50-50 split uh, and how that uh, how that all looks, uh, one of the things that caught my eye from your polling is, uh, yeah, there, there seems to be uh, a pretty even divide. Uh, but when it comes to the bill itself in terms of what Congress should do before they take a vote, the country seems to be pretty united. Well, that's right. Common sense says you should read something before you vote on it. And 81% of voters say Congress should have time to read the bill before they actually cast a vote. Only 8% disagree. And we went a step further um, and asked how long uh, they should wait. More than 6 out of 10 voters say uh, it should be at least a week. You know, take time to, to look at what's actually in the bill. Now, it was released, or some form of it was released today. Lots of people are going to be picking over the details. Um, and really, that's what, what people are looking for, because... About eight out of ten Americans say if they don't have time to read the bill, there will be way too many uh, favors given to lobbyists or to big donors for select members of Congress and things of that sort. So they'd like time to have these things come to light. I, I can't imagine that happening in a uh, 2,000 to 2,500-page bill that there would be items slid in there that uh, nobody's quite sure what they are, <laughs> but they, uh, they seem to be helping the wealthy and the well-connected pretty well. Yes. Uh, you know, one of them that uh, has been talked about on the tax side a little bit is the idea of uh, a $50,000 tax credit for journalists, which, uh, you know, at first might sound good to you, but radio journalists don't count, don't just count. print journalists. <laughs> That's right. We don't count for anything over here, <laughs> except to pay our taxes. But, you know, That's right. Um, and, and again, you know, I think this is it. Uh, rather than being engaged on the big pictures of all of this, people are a little numb because so much money has been spent and the numbers really don't mean anything. Voters do believe 
uh, fairly strongly that higher government spending leads to more inflation. Um, and obviously that's becoming a bigger issue. Um, voters do have concerns about deficit spending. You know, if you ask voters how to pay for new programs, the first thing they generally say is cut other programs. Uh, and the next is tax the wealthy. Uh, but when the bill gets a little higher than even taking all the money from the wealthy can pay, uh, then things get a little bit harder. And because of that, and I guess because of practical experience, uh, 61% of voters say that the Biden administration is likely to raise middle-class taxes. And, and boy, when I asked that question, I reminded them first that the president had pledged not to do that. And they were like, yeah. But we still think it's going to happen. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting one for the administration as they go through this weekend. And obviously, they got to throw in a little deal called the debt ceiling. They got to address in the in the process. But it seems to me that these numbers around the expectation of voters that yeah, all of this spending, uh, I'm probably going to have to be involved in helping pay for that, probably in the form of either inflation or higher taxes uh, from the or both. Yeah, or both. And from the uh, from the political angles, what are you hearing? What are the rumblings? How did the Democrats and Republicans look to position that, especially rolling into a, a really critical 2022 midterm? Well, the Democrats want to position it as saying it, this is just, um, you know, putting America back together. Look at all the benefits we are going to provide through this legislation and nobody's going to pay for it except the wealthy. Uh, that's the positioning. Um and if they can keep the focus, I mean, there's a number of very positive um, proposals in the package. If they keep the focus on that, uh, I believe that, you know, the Democrats have a good messaging argument. Republicans are going to pick apart the uh, size of the program, the debt financing, the impact on the economy. But I would suspect they'll also begin to find all of those hidden nuggets that uh, will be embarrassing when, they, when people start talking about them. Uh, publicly. And I think the broader argument uh, that Republicans, at least I'm, I'm hearing inklings are beginning to make, is uh, something along the lines of, um, if you look at what happened in Afghanistan, if you look at what's happening in the, on the southern border, can you really trust these guys with three and a half trillion dollars to spend? And, uh, you know, raising a general competence issue. Oh, that's going to be uh, really interesting to see how those numbers continue to play. I want to get one more dollars and cents number in there, and that is the number of voters who who think that it's at least somewhat likely that the U.S. government will go bankrupt in the next decade or so. Tell us about that. Yeah, six out of ten voters think that's at least somewhat likely. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's just a general sense of we can't keep spending forever. Um, and that's what we're seeing in a lot of the numbers. There's, there's a sense, and, and you know, Boyd, I think we've talked about this before. Um, a year ago, people were saying, yes, yeah, spend the money. We, this is a, a, a unique problem with the pandemic. Um, and right now it's not that people are, um, are, are feeling the pandemic is fully behind us, but we're beyond the crisis phase of lockdowns. And a lot of people, majority of people say the lockdowns, uh, did more harm than good. And so what we're seeing now is this sense of we've got to put a break on some of the spending. Uh, last year they were saying spend it. This year people are saying let's 
let's let's maybe uh, actually in the words of Joe Manchin, maybe we should take a pause and see what happens. Yeah, a little tapping of the brakes is not uh, necessarily a bad thing when you're going fast. And uh, of course, we'll we'll hear a lot of the arguments in the coming hours and days about uh, cliffs and crisis and catastrophe and all of those things. Uh, but as but, you've pointed out, the the people seem to be a little numb to all of those, and uh, they just want something solved. Yeah, boy, you know, right before the president gave his speech on vaccine mandates, um, I, I had the generic ballot tied. Forty percent of registered voters said they'd vote for a Republican, 40 percent for a Democrat. Um, just got some numbers out of the field and they're in the exact same place. So for all the, the trauma and the, the rhetoric we've heard over the last few weeks, it hasn't moved voters. Oh. Fascinating stuff. Scott Rasmussen, Independent Pollster, always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. We'll keep watching those numbers uh, as we watch the dollars and cents uh, continue to climb through the roof. We can't keep up with those numbers, but we'll we'll keep up with what the American people think about those numbers in the days ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. That's uh, our good friend, Independent Pollster, Scott Rasmussen. Those are really interesting numbers to me. Uh, 81% of voters think you should actually have to read the bill before you vote on it. I would bet the ranch that the number of members of Congress who will read that bill before they vote will be less than 10. That's my prediction. Stay with us. A lot more to come here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.